that it doesn't mean that they don't have insecurities and that they're not shy or they're not doubting themselves because I'm always those things. Um, I think I've just gotten used to being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, I just got the best game face ever. Like I, I just, I've got, I got the game face. I, I hear you. I mean, I guess when people, when people succeed to a certain level and in multiple areas, then I think it's the automatic. It's not, it's not limiting. It's not, it's not saying that um, you can't be shy possibly, but I think people just automatically, when they see your pictures, your pictures have been the most popular pictures in a little while, you know, and I know it's just all general. Like, and uh, did you like my selection that I chose? I, 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 did. I, thought, I, I, thought, I thought it captured everything very well. Thank you very much. And so my, my point being was that, you know, they'll see your photos and they'll see a picture. And I was really con um, very aware that I wanted to ensure that it was uh, like glimpses of different parts of your life. Because I almost yeah. didn't want to put in the Miss Cook Islands one. I almost mm -hmm. wasn't going to put that in because I said, I just don't want to be like typecast her. But then I thought, no, no, it's a part of who you are. It is a part mm. of who you are. But I tried to find the one that was the most... I love the one that just you standing there. It's such a natural photo. It was out of that and the one when you're hugging. I think it must be your mom or someone close. And I thought, oh, no, I like that one where you're just standing there because, yeah, it looks – you can still see the innocence in, in you as a young girl, young woman, which I really loved. And, um, I was innocent. And um, I, I really like that picture too. And, you know, when it, com when it comes to, you know, putting – images forward for like things like this. I, I too am worried about the whole beauty queen thing, but only recently I've, I've come to this, you know, acceptance with no, actually I am the beauty queen and I am the engineer and I am the mom. I don't have to choose one. I am all of those things. Um, because when I first entered the engineering world, I used to try and hide being a beauty queen because I didn't want to be judged by the peers. Uh, or by my peers and, um, you know, by my supervisors, or I didn't want to miss out on any opportunities because, you know, I don't want anyone to get any misconceptions about me. Uh, but now um, I am I am all those things. And I, I only see me being a beauty queen helps me being an engineer. Me being an engineer helps me being a beauty queen. Me being a mom helps me with the other two. Like, they, they're all life experiences that have contributed to who I am today and the words that I can say and, you know, the pearls of wisdom that I can hopefully share. Um, so that's only a recent development, uh, becoming comfortable with those things. But also um, looking back on those pictures, so, so this is the other reason I love those pictures. It's um, one of the very important things that I learned in, um, during that time uh, was humility. Because uh, what, what most people don't know is um, when I joined Miss Cook Islands, I actually placed second um, and Ingara Goslin uh, placed first, first and rightfully so, like Ingara was amazing. Um, but Miss Cook Islands was, was a funny thing for me because I did it while, while I was in university in New Zealand and I felt like I did a lot of it on my own accord and on in my a lot of the efforts were mine um, just with uh, preparation. Well, actually, no. I had some help from my my friend Kenzo, uh, but what I what I what I meant was there was a lot of pride and stubbornness, and so I wanted to control everything. And when I didn't win Miss Cook Islands, it was it was a real lesson learned for me 
because I was I was quite used to getting my way. Um, <laughs> sorry, I hope I don't break. I hope I don't ruin this lovely image that everyone has of me. But I was. I young. was a spoiled brat. I was <laughs> a spoiled little. <laughs> Honestly, um. Maybe not, maybe not like I'm a mean girl spoiled, but I was used to things just working out for me because maybe I, I've just oh. I've lived that blessed life. So, you, and so, so you're not like Mayday Brown. Mayday Brown, she was a mean girl. She's a mean girl, man. She's a mean I saw girl. That. <laughs> she ah. said, oh my gosh. Ah. <laughs> that kind of girl at school. <laughs> Give I'll stop you right there. We're going to be back. Guys, welcome. Come on in. Know my hide and my kirana. It's Joanna Finch. I'll give you a proper intro in just one moment. But I wanted to say welcome. Good afternoon. Excuse me. And welcome to another installment of Metaki Ma'ata. My guest I just want to say a really big, quick welcome to all our brand new members who've joined us in the last seven days. Over 70 of you from everywhere a lot of our cook island family have joined in and come on board i just want to say warm warm welcome on the first of march was 11 months since we started this platform so if it's here, if you're here for the first time 200 interviews up in there put in the names check out the media tab tag the videos and have a scroll through the faces and i'm sure you'll be pleasantly surprised by some of the people i've interviewed over the last 10 and a half months so hear about their experiences through hindsight and through their life story all of you who've come here, this was birthed out of a desire to help our young people through those tumultuous years of childhood to adulthood. So come on in, have a listen. And if you think it's a good message or something that really resounds with you, maybe pass it on to someone in your circle of influence, especially the young people. I believe in the mountain, the tree and the canoe. The, the tree is us, us in the middle period. We can see and understand what it's like to be in the canoe like our young teens. They can feel the water, the breeze, how rough it is down there on the cold face. They can see the fish. Life is as vivid as it can be. But also on the mountain is our whakapapa, our, whakapapa, our elders, the visionaries, you know, the komatu, the adults. So I really believe in Talanoa that involves all of us, cross-generational. So Metaki Ma'ata is a collaboration with Cook Islands Development Agency, New Zealand. And it's been my privilege to host almost, I think it's like 16 now guests. And we're looking at just a little bit over 20 for the rest of this month. So good to have you here. Please click a like and a share as I continue my chat in Talanoa this beautiful Saturday afternoon, all the way down there in Barbara Blenheim, Aotearoa. Miss Joanna Finch, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and the crowd go wild, Miss Cook Islands, Joanna Finch. Second place, eh? You didn't even win it. You said oh. you didn't even win it. <laughs> I don't. Should I tell people this because everyone thinks I came first? But no. Um, yeah. Today's about being yeah. honest, and like I came actually came second in um, Miss Cook Islands pageant, uh, second to Engara, and yeah, Engara was amazing. But the list, the lesson that I learned um, for myself was uh, was a humble. I was really the winner. That I was the winner. <laughs> The history books are going to say, I was the winner. always win. No, 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 no. <laughs> that wasn't that. It was, um, it was. Again? It, uh, again? I got to win again? <laughs> Sorry, we're like, joking, guys. Relax. All right. It's what you're telling you. Oh, so tell us, how did you win it? Did you have to step down or is that nothing you want to talk about? Or how did you end up taking over the role then? 
No, no. Uh, so what happens is uh, Miss Cook Islands at that point only entered uh, an entrant into Miss South Pacific biannually. So on the first year, first place would go to Miss South Pacific, and on the second year, second place would go to Miss South Pacific. And so I came second place, and I went on the second year for Miss South Pacific. And um, but then at that point, I carried the Miss Cook Islands title as you know rep the representative for Miss Cook Islands. But um, yeah, we were talking about the Miss, the Miss South Pacific photos, and the reason those photos are special to me is because when I look at the when I look at photos of me and Miss South Pacific and me and Miss Cook Islands, I know they're two different people, because coming second and actually having my you know a bit of a a bit of a hit to my ego, <laughs> maybe not. Yes, it was my ego. I'm not gonna. <laughs> try and butter it up own it own it girl own it sister <laughs> it was my ego um coming away from that i mean i was proud i was proud to get second place uh or proud to place anywhere but um i was used to you know winning things and getting my way and so walking away from that i spent a whole year <laughs> until the miss south pacific pageant thinking about it and it, it really it really taught me something about um being humble and opening my and knowing that I don't know everything and that actually relying on the experts and accepting advice from other people who are experts in other areas is is the better way to go forward like i i think i think i could only take myself so far but if you invite the expertise of the people who can take yourself further then that's the smarter way to go. And that's what I wasn't willing to do in Miss Cook Islands. I, I was real stubborn and it had to be my way. And, you know, I knew best and I have this vision and you guys can't, you guys can't see it or you don't, you're not doing it right. And that, that was me because I, I was a perfectionist and I was used to, you know, doing things a certain way. But, but by the time I got to Miss South Pacific and I, you know, returned to the Cook Islands and I, you know, greeted the chaperone and I had you know my entourage and the team of people to help me I was a different person I was like I'm here mold me I will do what you want I will do anything you guys tell me to do I'll say jump I'll jump if you don't like my idea that's fine that's fine <laughs> what's your idea I, I, I'll do that <laughs> but you know I think I, I think if we're all honest I think most of us are like that when we're in those like there's that middle middle space between older teen going into adulthood we're still for we're getting our independence and is that your daughter tell us to come in the picture if it's reuben he can come in the picture but if it's, <laughs> it's my husband reuben <laughs> come say hello it's your husband <laughs> he's white don't be surprised yeah like, don't be surprised he's white <laughs> yeah. hey, you know. Yo, I, told you, I told you you should have shaved this morning <laughs> you're on hey, live bro don't swear <laughs> good to right. see you man you too. You've been well. Well, you married up. That's good, eh? You really did well for yourself. Thank you, Alex. Well, we, bro, you got a mommy to your grandfather. Doesn't mean that you can't. Who said you can't marry the Falcons, <laughs> eh? Hey, hey. <laughs> Are you on Kitty's duty? Yes. Yep. I'm just seeing oh. if, if they're good or not. But um, I'll if do you want anywhere to stay when you get to Blenheim, guys, this is the guy. These guys opening their house to you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. <laughs> Good to see Good you, Ruben. Thank you for letting Thank me you. have a talk with your wife. 
<laughs> Bye, darling. Bye. Love you. Oh, I'm so, so lucky. <laughs> she's so lucky. I know Ruben. I've known Ruben since he was young and little. You believe I know the whole world, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how well you know him, but like Ruben to me is like one of well, he's proof that God loves me. <laughs> to me, he's perfect for me. You know. <laughs> It's like, you know how I was talking about that ego thing? It's like God yeah. sent me this man to keep my ego in check as Because well. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if he no, was young, but he was also, he's like really brutally honest. Mm -hmm. Was he like that when I you knew think... him? Yeah, no, yeah, he was very much like that. He was, mm. uh, he from, comes from a great family, well read, very open, and um, just at a young age um him and his sister and his brother i really loved it they resounded with me because i think our family had very open i think similar to you our mm. parents had created a very open dialogue in our family unit so when i met them they actually he actually had a position on things and had thought had thought about different things so i'm not surprised mm. you're together and congratulations and he's still <laughs> as lovely as i remember and his family and you know what i don't, I don't know if this comes across right but like you so much remind me of virginia and i'm just gonna say that so it's so funny no. it's very funny <laughs> you know so the message for about her as well. i guess i guess the message for the people watching today and what they don't realize is this on the other interview guys i recorded a segment with joanna earlier and we we're just talking about her journey in the beauty pageant and i said in one of the questions you'll hear me that obviously you're confident you're safe in your skin etc etc and then she kind of like when we started this before we went to air she was kind of pushing back on that and saying actually alex it's not always that black and white which i wanted to draw out that there are so many perceptions and the world and the information age that we're in is such that so much we don't even realize but we judge so much from only small bits mm. of information and i think these talanoa has been about really getting rid of as you said that facade and trying to really peel back and i think that's why people like watching the interviews you know mm. even they might not have a team but they just love hearing the story and i love that about you and about all of my guests this um this month what have you found interesting about watching the different guests as a Cook Island woman and coming up knowing you're going to be a guest? What's something you've taken out of the series thus far? Um, I think it's exactly that, as you described it, um, people being willing uh, to come onto this platform and be as honest as possible. And for me, like, just like all the teenagers watching this, I've been encouraged because I'm I'm uncomfortable showing like the real me. When you when you ask me to be to come on this and you know like be comfortable, be relaxed. We want the real you. I'm just like not the real me. Ew. <laughs> don't you don't want to see that? Like that person is despicable. <laughs> Everyone, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I know yeah, what you mean. But just seeing other pe others who I look up to as you know like high profile people and um you know real all stars in the in our cook island world coming forward and being so honest um i find it i found it encouraging and um almost like a challenge to myself to be honest and um <laughs> i'm still trying <laughs> no and you know what it's not a you know we can we can fall into being you know you've got okay so what's being real good good theater or is it reality tv so you know i'm very cognizant of that that 
everything can end up becoming contrived regardless. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, so yeah. I always try to, you know, I, my, I would not, the way I check myself is always the why and like talk from our hearts, you know, just talk from your heart. Like you, you yeah. mentioned your mom. You mentioned, that's what links us in the blue Pacific. I think um, we've grown up in a world that's very focused on logic and all that. And we're evolving all the time, but I think the gift of Pacific people to the world. And I always say that I'm working on this blog, which is, I think the world should really listen to Polynesians more. They really should like our core values, who we are, but I think mm -hmm. we're still working on really uh, solidifying that for ourselves. Like I think, as endangered species, as a continent of Pacific Island people and our values, the combination of our Christian, like the colonization of that, but alongside our uh, indigenous beliefs and where we've come to now, I actually think that we've got a good balance. Like we're so far away from the rest of the world. It's like, oh my gosh, why are they so angry? Like it feels like there's been war ever since I've been a kid. Africa's been dying nonstop since I was born. The so Middle East, don't even go there. America's just constantly, it's like, a, it's like a daytime soap and, you know, and then you've got the British kingdom on the other side. Yet we are in the uh, Pacific and we just started watching this and I, and maybe it's a 40 something, maybe it's because they're 40, like, oh my gosh, like we're doing okay, man, down in the Pacific. We need to really stop arguing about silly stuff and start working together. And I think these sort of discussions and hearing real conversations actually connect us and realize mm. that, you know, we got to like, not take on board the um, perceptions that uh, non-Pacific worldviews. So that's sort of like what I'm hoping will come out of this and that the teams will realize like you can be proud of who you are and what you, where you come from, all of it, all of it. And the, oh, and, oh, the, and the negatives and the, and the negatives, you know, it's like we have heaps of things to work on, but we always will, right? Mm. We always mm. will. Every group of people does. It doesn't matter. So, Hey, thank you for being here. Thank you for, really pushing through and um, giving today uh, a real good nudge. I wanted to ask um, about your engineering now. And I wanted to talk about how like, cause engineering in my mind is like, they're the smartest people at uni. Like, <laughs> like they're already smarter than all of the other departments. The first years are already smarter than all the other departments, education, <laughs> art, science, law. <laughs> In my opinion, uh, oh, you know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but you, but you went there, and I, as I saw in the picture, and I see in your workplace, it is a male-dominated area. So tell us the journey, how it came about. Was it always on the books? Was it something you fell through? And just share a little bit for our audience. Cool. Um, yeah, it is a male-dominated area, and it's not like when I was a teenager and did it out of college. I'm like. I'm gonna aim for a male dominated area because I don't want any girlfriends in the workplace. That wasn't the aim. It was just, I like maths and science. And so um, I ended up, I thought engineering made sense because I wanted to build things. I wanted to create things. And I think that's, that's um, part of being Pacific. You know, we are creators. Um, we like to dance. We like to make, we like to paint. We like to build. Um, and to me, uh, engineering was a way I could do that. I could build and create, imagine something and and create it and build and design it, um, but in a technological sense. Um, so I didn't even think anything about, oh, that's what meant, what it, should I, because I'm a woman, like that didn't even cross my mind. Um, so I just went for it. And it wasn't until I got to New Zealand um, 
and started university that and people started noticing me and started asking me questions what's it like being a polynesian in engineering or what's it like being a woman polynesian in engineering and then i'm like ah is it that special <laughs> but then uh, then you progress through the degree and you're like, oh, it is special because, you know, you don't see many brown faces around. And then when I graduated, I was the first Pacific woman in mechatronic engineering. So it's, it was that rare. Um, but then, I don't alarm bell, alarm bells didn't, didn't start ringing because I think, I think I'm wary of the message that comes out to, that is being pushed today as if people are, as if, there are some non-Pacific people in the system somewhere pushing back on, on us Pacific people from getting to these places or pushing back on women from getting to these places because that hasn't been my experience. It's just, I, I was, I happen to be Pacific. I happen to be woman. I wanted to do engineering and I followed the steps to do it. And now I'm here. Um, and at no point anyone tried to push back on it. And so I'd like to make that message very clear. Like there is, there is no one trying to hold you back. If anything's holding you back, it, it's you. <laughs> it's always nice, the individual. Yeah, it's the individual. It's these um, kind of ideas that you've made up in your mind um, on why you can't do it or why it must be hard. It's not hard. You just gotta, you just gotta want to do it, and you just follow the steps. The steps are online. There's a nice flowchart diagram of the process. <laughs> just follow are the you? arrows. <laughs> Are you Joanna Finchwood Wiggy? I'm Megatron. Megatron. Uh, Mika, what is it? Megatron. No, Megatron. Megatron. What? Megatron. Megatron. Megatronics. Are you going to let me say it? Megatronics. So it's like, it's a mixture of mechanical software and electrical engineering. So you're kind of like, I, I like to call it like the handyman of the engineers. You know a bit of everything. And um, again, it, it I chose that uh, coming from wanting to be able to create because I wanted to know how to do all the stuff. Um, yeah. So I saw you with your little Bob the Builder belt on. We put that in the photo oh, as well. Man, on the I series love nice photo. So much. Like I, I, when I got sent on my first commissioning trip, like the whole the whole reason I wanted to be a you know a controls commissioning engineer was because I knew there was a lot of travel involved. And but then I, I was still like, I was still uh, very afraid, you know, when when they assigned me to my first trip, and I was like, oh no, nah, maybe I should say I want to stay back in the drawing department. So going back again to that confidence thing, but like, nah, nah, I said I wanted it. They've given me this job, so I'm gonna go. Over, I'm gonna go overseas, and this was my first job. And then obviously it was all guys, but like you know, it, so what. Like most of my friends have been guys and like in engineering, all my friends have been guys, my teachers have been guys, and now my colleagues are guys, and like they've they've been great and they're fun and they're hardworking anyways. Um so my supervisor saw that I didn't have um I didn't have a tool belt yet with any tools and he went out and bought my first one. And so that's the one that you see in that photo. And I wore I've worn it through all of my projects, but I was just so I really felt like part of the team and I felt like I could fix any problem anywhere, anytime because I had this tool belt on me from like, yeah, from breakfast until it was time to go to bed. And because, um, <laughs> you know, there's problems at home, <laughs> things that I might need to fix. Um, but yeah, that, that tool belt is pretty special for me. I was I was real. That was one of the things um, becoming a mom, I think. 
again, I didn't think about uh, going into that phase of life that I would, I obviously couldn't travel anymore. So I, I couldn't uh, do any more commissioning. Um, so I became a manager and, you know, I, I knew the ropes and I got along with everybody. So they wanted me to be, wanted me to be, um, you know, the manager of the department, which had its own challenges and I appreciated, I appreciated it. Um, but I didn't think about, you know, when I would become a mom, there would be these things that I'd have to sacrifice. Um, all worth it, all worth it. I just, I just think it's, it's a good idea for girls to have a sit down and, you know, think about the, the, the practical process in life and just be ready for those changes. They're, they're not bad changes, they're phases. We all go through phases in life and enjoy every phase while it's happening, um, but realize that there will be change. <laughs> And then you have to changes. enjoy that. And then you have to enjoy changes. that. Changes. <laughs> ch -ch -ch changes. Ch -ch -ch changes. My guest, Joanna, grew up in Rotonga, Cook Islands. She's a dancer. And she did Miss Teen Cook Islands, Miss Cook Islands, Miss South Pacific, of course. But now she's a full-time mom, but a part-time engineer. Two beautiful mm. daughters. And uh, what is this STEM children's book thing? I really want to know more about it. <laughs> Um, so it's called Buzz the Electron, and honestly, I'm I'm amazed at how much it's blown up because how it started was um, when my I'm so surprised my, again. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I am I am the surprise because I didn't think yeah I didn't think I knew that there was like a hole in the market because that's why I thought I should make one because I couldn't find one out there that was like like this. Uh, but I didn't realize that there was a lot of people who wanted, who were interested in this stuff. Um, so the way it happened was when I, uh, when I had my first daughter, Zarina, and obviously I wanted her to learn about science and tech because I'm an engineer, her her papa's an engineer, and we're always talking about engineering projects. So obviously we want her to understand and also enjoy what, what we're excited about. And I want her to have the same opportunities I had. So you know it. Um, so straight away, I look for the, I look for uh, baby science books. And there were, there were some, but honestly, even though they had the baby colors going on and like baby fonts, um, the diagrams are honestly university level because I guess university level try to make it as simple as possible, but it was university level stuff and it wasn't, it wasn't fun. Yeah. So, my, <laughs> so my daughter wasn't interested. <laughs> and at first I was like, Oh, my baby doesn't like science. What am I going to do? But, um, but I thought, oh no, hold on. These books are actually a bit boring. Yeah. And, and I thought, oh, I'll do a science book that's fun. And it's not like I'm the first one to try this. You know, I feel like science is always like that kid in the playground that, you know, tries to just kind of slip in and everyone's like, oh, you again? <laughs> Trying to be like part of the cool kids. <laughs> but I thought I needed a book to do exactly that because, um, You've got you've got your books that you read to your babies about you know farm animals and ABCs and I don't know rainbows, mermaids, unicorns. But as soon as you bring science into it, everyone's like, Ooh. <laughs> so no, but you've changed it now. You've changed yeah, it now, right? Yeah, you've made it accessible. What was the aim? I wanted it to be 
fun and like just like mermaids, unicorns, electrons, moving on. It's nothing, it's nothing big. It's just normal. No. Um yeah, and that yeah. that's where that's where I wanted to hit. It's just, it's just kind of remove that pressure of it's a science book because you're going to become a scientist or because you have to be a doctor it's no it's a science book yeah. because that's part of our world and it's fun and it rhymes and yeah and make make it normal for toddler uh, for young preschoolers to be going you know because the electrons and i reckon why yeah, not yeah. why but limit think, why limit well, them to like understand yeah, it? i think right. they're probably a, I, I don't know the research but they must they're like sponges right so why couldn't they and like if you're going to tell them about mermaids and dinosaurs and unicorns like tell them about something that may be useful later like stop stop leaving it as a thing later on that is all of a sudden oh that's for that's for brain boxes and nerds or oh, i'm not too i'm not smart enough to know about those words and you know yeah. Yeah, I guess I hate uh, you just brought something up. I just don't want to lose it. It's just like when I was living in the islands, I'll see little kids like carrying a machete to go and cut something, you know, little kids, right? Or they'll yeah. be get, doing the fire like, and yeah, they yeah. were like young, like six, six you know, yeah. six young, and they're collecting and they're playing with fire and a, a, a weapon pretty much, <laughs> right? And because you're because you're all like raised in like danger, 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 Western in the Western, like don't give kids mm. this. Mm. But they never thought they're very aware. They were very, mm. you know, they're very responsible. They yeah. just continue to capable. say like, they're very, very capable. They're capable. Yeah. So my point is, it's just like you're talking about science. I think, you know, there's always room to be just to stretch ourselves and think, okay, what didn't we do that we think maybe we could have added in? I think, Hey, just well done for doing it. Well done. Keep doing it. And Thank I hope you. everyone can check it out. If they want to know more about it, guys, there's I'll put it in the um, thread right after this interview and you can find out about this wonderful work that you've been doing. So good on you. So, I mean, growing up in Raro, I mean, mm -hmm. it's one thing, but now you're in Marlboro. <laughs> no lights. Like... <laughs> Five brown people now. It's like I mean, like I, I, know, I stand out. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. On, honestly, I never imagined I'd be here in Blenheim, and we moved here because of my husband's work, of Ruben's work, and um. Luckily, you know, my I'm blessed with a flexible employer and who who lets me move around and work remotely. Um. So and when Ruben said, "Oh, we're going to move to Blenheim," I was like. Um, <laughs> uh, how about yes, you went, yes, you and I'll meet you when you come back? <laughs> um, what am I gonna do in Blenheim? <laughs> you know, it doesn't have a mall, <laughs> yeah. Vineyards, one word, vineyards. That's all I'm gonna say. And vineyards. then I got down here, and honestly, I'm so happy we moved down here. I feel like we've really hit a gem, especially being a young family. Um, this place is full of young families and retirees and wine. <laughs> lots of wine, lots of gardens, lots of great weather, lots of young families. Um, it's it's honestly been a huge blessing for us, especially in this time um, of our lives with two young ones and me being a stay-at-home mom. It's safe. It's, it's almost like, dare I say it, um, a New Zealand version of Raro for me, just it, just in the size and the community feel as well. Um, I really miss Raro. We're we're trying to plan our way back. Um, obviously, COVID's put a bit of a spanner in the works, but um, 
yeah, Blenheim to me is kind of like a raw, a raw experience. You can never get a raw experience in New Zealand, but um, you know, it's pretty close. Well, hey man, I love it. I love that you're down there. Like I said, I've got like four people now in that can come visit. So I'm looking forward to coming down and visiting you guys. And just check out what's that wine stuff. Okay, yeah. Well, you're passionate about normalizing tech topics. We just talked about that. But there's another generation of Pacifica and Cook Island young people coming up behind you. And mm -hmm. you want them to be savvy and onto it and sharp. You're you grew up in, in Rautonga, and I always love meeting my guests who are, are like really uh, really proud about being on island raised there because there is there's always going to be that undercurrent of like those who grew up off island and those who grew up on island so i know everyone who's on island they're very and 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 so they should be i mean but what's your message to our young teens who are over in the Cook islands to close us off what would you like to say to those young girls and young guys who are there on in paradise but it still feels like they're like isolated and away from the rest of the world because that's one thing that is sort of like we need to remove that stigma that when you're in new zealand australia you think that's paradise and that they don't have social issues or they don't have struggles but that's not the truth you know when you're young you're young and there's still things you have to face what's your message to our young teens back home um you know it doesn't matter if you're in the islands or if you're here in new zealand you can feel isolated it doesn't matter where you are uh i think the key is uh, finding someone to communicate with, just just start the conversation. Um, don't hold it in. Uh, it's very dangerous to hold things inside of you because uh, you're not the best person to manage it. <laughs> Sometimes, especially being young, you know, it's you remember everyone's been young, and even though some people seem like they've got it figured it all out. The truth is, the fact is, everyone's living life for the first time. This is everyone's first go at life. You know, they've only been, they've only got one go at it, and they only know their experience. And so, uh, no one knows your experience. No one knows your trajectory, um, but they can offer advice. And uh, yeah, I think it's important to open up those those channels, reach out to people around you, open up those channels to try and help yourself out. Um, and and don't be afraid of you've you've done something wrong or somehow you're broken because you, you can't know and no one can really know because everyone's, go, we're all going through this life once. We've all got our one try and our one experience. And so the, the best thing we can do is help each other out. You have to open your mouth, be willing to open your mouth and open yourself up to do that sorry was that the question <laughs> that was the question that was the message and that was the heart coming through so genuinely open up reach out we're on the journey one journey one go much yeah. love to you my lovely lovely guest thank you for being here today thank you for joining us for metaki mata march god bless oh thank you alex bye everyone